1: Fire. I'm your host, Bill Vong Buha. If you missed episode one, the Washington Post, Ben Goliver, please check that out. If you haven't subscribed, rated, and reviewed this podcast yet on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you consume your podcasts, please do so as well. Episode two, we get into free agency, specifically the Clippers versus the Knicks. These are the two teams that are going to have the most cap space this summer. You're going to be going head-to-head, big game hunting for the biggest superstars Kevin Durant's, the Kawhi Leonard's, the Kyrie Irving's, the Jimmy Butler's. So I decided to bring on my buddy Ben Lyons, so media multi hyphenate. I don't even know how to describe what he does, but he does it all: TV host, podcast host, radio host, New York Knicks fan. So I thought he would be the best person to bring on, get into the discussion of Knicks versus Clippers this off season. Who's going to get who? What are the odds? And, you know, if you were in the meeting with the Knicks, what would you tell them? What, what would their pitch be? If you're in the meeting with the Clippers, what would you tell them? What would their pitch be? Who would change a superstar's legacy more, you know, by, by joining that franchise and winning a championship potentially with them? Who has the brighter future? Who has better positioned themselves in the present? We get into all of that. And it's a really fun conversation for about 35 minutes now, before that, I want to introduce a new segment on here called Buha's Block, where I answer your questions, I riff, I muse on different things I'm thinking, different things I'm considering writing about or talking about in future podcasts, just kind of the, the state of the Clippers and what's going on currently. Currently, the Clippers are 36-29. and 29. They just beat the New York Knicks. Tonight, they'll be playing the LA Lakers. So I'm recording this Monday afternoon, a few hours before the game. Uh, So I don't know the outcome of the game yet, but it's clearly a big game either way. Uh, If the Clippers win, they'll pretty much bury the Lakers' playoff odds and put such a gap between those two that at least you won't have to worry about the Lakers surpassing the Clippers. You know, they could still maybe sneak in as an eight seed. It will probably be very unlikely if they lose tonight. They beat the clippers well the clippers will drop a little bit to the eight seed, but still have you know a pretty big gap between them and the lakers them and the kings so either way the clippers are in a good position but uh tonight's game is going to be very big you know one way or the other and it's a lakers home game lakers are really fighting for their season so don't know how that's going to play out but you know the clippers get up for every time they play the lakers so i, I do expect it to be a very fun and competitive game tonight but a bunch of you asked me questions on Twitter. I posted that if you had any questions for episode two, I'd be happy to answer them. So far, I've gotten around 30 questions. I won't be able to answer all of them on this podcast. I might save them for a later podcast. I might uh, do a mailbag on the Athletic for them. So I haven't really decided that yet. But I'm going to get into a few of them that you asked, and uh, let's let's go from there. So. First one from Jerome Robinson fan account at Devi Delight or Devi underscore Delight. Uh, What do you think the chances of bringing this whole team back next season are? In parentheses, Pat Beverly, Jermichael Green, Garrett Temple, maybe Luke, and not trading Gallo. We're definitely keeping Zubats in my opinion. Well, I would say the odds of bringing back the whole team or at least those specific players you just mentioned are fairly low. I'd put it at maybe around twenty percent. I, I do think that the Clippers are going for the big. You know, they're they're going for the big fish, and that's that's Kawhi, that's KD, that's Kyrie, that's Jimmy, that's, that's a few other guys. So if they get one of those guys, they're going to have to rescind the bird rights for pretty much all of their free agents. You know, maybe Zoo is the one I, I think they'll keep. But who knows? It could even affect Tyrone Wallace and Sendarius Thornwell. They might you know, waive them and then not guarantee their contracts for next season. So I do think there is a realm of possibility that a lot of this team is brought back. I, I think that's probably the Clippers' last resort. Uh, I think even if they strike out on big name free agents, they will probably go for then like the second or, or third tier guys try to sign some of those guys to value deals. I will say, I think that Pat Beverly is going to be a priority for the team this, this offseason. Now they might have to you know, renounce his rights, potentially lose him uh, just to get a, a Kawhi or a KD. But I think they're going to try and bring him back. I think Jermichael is playing his way into that conversation. Garrett and Luke, I'm not really sure. I think if the Clippers get their way, they're going to be bringing in a star wing, and, and maybe multiple star wings, and in that case, I don't know, you know, if those guys make as much sense. And, and you know, with Luke, especially with, with his injury uh, this summer, I don't know what he's going to be looking for, and, and I don't know if it's going to be with the Clippers potentially. So, I think Zubats is probably coming back. I think they'll offer him that qualifying offer, and outside of that, I don't know what he's going to command. I, I've written about it. I think he'll probably get something in that six to eight million dollar range. You know, wouldn't surprise me if he got something like three years, 24 million, or, you know, maybe four years, 30 million, something like that. So I think that's a fair range for him. Michael Ross at Michael MichaelYids123 asked, if we go against Denver in the first round, how many games do you think we could possibly win? I've been thinking about this a lot, Michael. I think the Clippers could realistically win two games against Denver. I would not really expect them to win more. I know there's some fans out there that have the fantasy of them pulling off the first-round upset. I think that's not giving Denver enough credit. Uh, this team has been amazing. You know, they're they're right there, right behind the Warriors, you know, as the number two seed, and have really, frankly, probably been better than the Warriors this season. Judging the Nuggets against the rest of the league, they've probably been the third-best team all season behind the Bucks and Raptors. The one thing going against them is they don't have a lot of playoff experience. You know, guys like Jamal Murray, Gary Harris... Have never been in the playoffs. Nikola Jokic being the most important one. Uh, I think Jokic is schemable in the postseason. I, I think you can, you know, devise a, a scheme to kind of rough him up, drag him out, and pick and rolls. You know, really attack him defensively. Uh, try to get him in foul trouble. Try to make him use his foot speed, which he doesn't have a lot of. And then on the other end, I mean, look, he's so tough offensively. But I just think that you know, there is a history of teams without playoff experience really struggling, especially kind of in that first round. Now, you could turn around and say the Clippers don't have much playoff experience, and that is true. You know, a lot of those guys, Shea, Jerome, Landry, they don't have playoff experience, but they do have some guys. Uh, you know, Lou Williams has been to the playoffs. Luke Mouamute, obviously, last season with Houston. Jermichael Green has been there. Montrez Harrell has been there. So th- they have some guys that have been there. Uh, I honestly think if you look at probably the playoff experience for both teams, they're actually quite similar. Paul Millsap has been there. Will Barton's been there for the Nuggets. So it's close, but I would say my official prediction right now would be the Nuggets in five games. But I do think the the Nuggets can get, uh, I mean, the Clippers can get a couple games against the Nuggets, make it a six, potentially seven game series if all goes right. Uh, My concern for the Clippers against the Nuggets in a playoff series is the Clippers defense has been very up and down this season. I don't really trust it. And the Nuggets, especially in Denver, but but really throughout the season, have kind of toyed with the Clippers and, you know, really gotten their way. You know, Nikola has, has dominated them, uh, but they've also gotten a, just a bunch of good looks and they've really picked apart the Clippers defense. So I that would be my biggest concern is, you know, you could tell me it was a sweep and you could tell me it was a six game series and I, I wouldn't really be surprised either way. Uh, that's why I'm kind of hedging in the middle with a, a five game prediction. It could go either way. And, you know, I don't really see a a scenario in which the Clippers win, especially just because they they won't have home court. And the the Nuggets are so good at home, especially against the Clippers this season. But, you know, off the top of my head, I'm just riffing here. I would say the Clippers in, you know, losing in five would would be the most realistic outcome. But I think six games would probably be the the best realistic way the the Clippers could stretch this. Justin Halpern, Justin underscore Halpern. Uh, on Twitter asks which two max agents are the most likely signings for the Clippers as opposed to the best fits slash ones they want the most. The two most likely, in my opinion from conversations I've had just around the league with different reporters, different league officials and stuff. I would say the the two most likely would be Kawhi and Jimmy. I think that there's a lot of smoke with KD to the Knicks And I think that's probably going to happen. Look, we'll get into it with Ben uh, in a little bit here, but I think Katie's probably going there. I think Kyrie is probably leaving, but if he leaves, I I see the Knicks or the Nets as being ahead, maybe even the Lakers uh, as being ahead of the Clippers in the Kyrie discussion. So if we're picking the max level guys, uh, I think Clay's staying in golden state. So if we're picking the max level guys, I I think Kawhi is likely to go to the Clippers and it is, clearly the most likely destination if he leaves Toronto. And then I think Jimmy would be number two, just because some of the other guys I I think are going to be looking elsewhere. So if you're asking me to pick the two most likely, I would say Kawhi and Jimmy. Ara Messerlian, at ara mess310, asked, are the Clippers better suited to lock in the seventh seed to play versus Denver or push hard to get the sixth seed and play OKC or Portland? Denver's obviously very good, but no playoff experience and very young core besides Millsap. What are your thoughts? Now, this is a good question. Uh, I've been thinking about this because the Clippers are not that far out of the sixth seed. And with the easy schedule they have remaining, if they can really take care of business and beat the teams they should beat, uh, I think they could potentially move up to the sixth seed. I would say it's unlikely. I would really put the odds at like 20% maybe. But I would say it depends who they play. Like I think OKC is a worse matchup for them than Denver is. Uh, just because Paul, they have no answer for Paul George. They have not had an answer for him, really, in, in the matchups they've had with OKC. Russ gives them some problems, too. Though with Russ, you never know if he's going to shoot them out of a game or something. I think Steven Adams is another guy that gives them a lot of problems, especially now that Gortat's gone. Uh, Gortat, that, that was probably his most useful matchup this season, was going against Steven Adams. I just think OKC, it, you know, they're the one team that could get into a slugfest with the Clippers and and have the type of guys... Just the, the size, the length, the toughness to, to win that slugfest. I think if the Clippers get into the slugfest with most teams, they can win that battle. Uh, I just think most teams are, are not going to try and, and play that way against them. OKC is the one team I could see it. You know, I think an OKC series against the Clippers would probably be five games, if not a sweep, personally. So if they could play Portland, I, I think it's worth moving up to the sixth seed. I think Portland is the most vulnerable, you know, playoff team probably in, in the West outside of the seven, you know, the top six playoff teams which you would say they all have odds at advancing uh, which i I think it's going to be interesting to see what the matchups are like i think three versus six four versus five those matchups will probably be able to go either way i think one and two will definitely be golden state and denver if they stay in one and two i think those two teams are going to beat whoever they play seven eight but three and six four and five those matchups can go any of the ways depending on how the, the matchups play out portland though to me Whoever Portland's playing, I am picking the opposite team in the first round. I am not a Portland believer. Uh, If they played the Clippers, I would probably say Portland in seven, but I would be tempted to maybe pick the Clippers in six. I have no faith in Portland in the playoffs. I think Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum are very easily schemable. I thought the Clippers should have won that series in 2016. Uh, I thought you saw what happened when they got... The, the Blazers got blown out by, you know, swept by the Pelicans last postseason. I think this team is very beatable. Nurkic is playing amazing basketball this season, and Nurkic could be end up being the X factor that maybe swings a, a Blazer series. But to me, if I'm any team in, in the bottom, you know, if I'm the 6th seed, the 7th seed, or the eight seed, my ideal scenario would be getting Portland with one of, you know, in, in the first round. So if I'm the Clippers and I can move up to play Portland, I knew it, but you won't know that really until the last week of the season. On top of that, the Clippers are already three games back in the loss column, so it's really unlikely that they're going to move up to the sixth seed. Uh, But if they do, uh, I think you know if they could play the Blazers, that could be a six or seven game series, and at that point, you don't know. So I know that was only a few questions, but there's even more since when I started. I appreciate you guys reaching out. Like I said, I will probably do a mailbag on The Athletic or save these for you know, a longer mailbag podcast. But for now, I have to go to Clippers Lakers, uh, but enjoy this conversation with Ben. Again, we get into free agent pitches, who has a better future, the Clippers or the Knicks, who's going to sign who. A very fun conversation, and I hope you enjoy it. Listeners, life can be stressful, but getting life insurance shouldn't be. That's why there's Ethos. Ethos is a modern kind of life insurance that's super fast, incredibly affordable, and very uncomplicated. At GetEthos.com, there are no medical exams for policies covering under a million dollars, no hours of paperwork, or meetings with pushy representatives. It only takes 10 minutes to apply, and you can rest assured knowing you've taken steps to protect your family. And in most cases with Ethos, you can have that peace of mind for less than a cup of coffee a day with no hidden fees. Having life insurance can free you from stress. Getting life insurance shouldn't cause it. Discover how uncomplicated life insurance can be at Ethos. Get your free instant quote and submit your complete application in minutes. Just go to GetEthos.com. That's E-T-H-O-S. GetEthos.com. GetEthos.com. So for the second episode of the Clip City podcast, I wanted to bring in a buddy of mine, Ben Lyons, who I I don't even know what to call you. (laughs) You have so many jobs, but media multi-hyphenate, the host of Mostly Football Show on Complex Sports and Yahoo Sports, radio host for ESPN LA, host of the Lions Den podcast on Podcast One, and a senior media producer for Franchise, but most importantly, a diehard New York Knicks fan. How are you doing today, Ben? Oh man, thank you for that—that that wonderful introduction.
0: I'm flying high because the Knicks took care of business at Staples Center, falling to the Clippers <laughs> 128 to 107 in a performance that was very, um, was very Nick-like. You know, they they made it close for no reason um, by just showing up. They uh, just by 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 simply playing a basketball game. They are they are tempting their fate of Zion Williamson not coming to New York. So just showing up, it's close. So I don't even want to see them flirt with that. I wish they could just uh, uh, throw the towel in before every game this season and just wave the white flag and just and just quit before the games even start. So they they, 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 uh, they showed out in, in, in L.A., though, dude. What was your take of seeing seeing this young Nick team for
1: the first time stink it up in person? So, so you fully bought in, into the tank.
0: Oh, there's no other way to go, dude. We've been sold hope so many times, man. It's nowhere to go but up. They have the most losses in the league since the year 2000, and now that the Chicago Cubs have won, they've kind of transcended the NBA and have become, I think, the laughingstock of all of sports.
1: I, I would say they're up there. Cleveland uh,
0: Browns. Cleveland Browns have a case to be made
1: as well. Uh, my, my takeaway in, in person. This is my first time seeing the Knicks. Probably the third or fourth time I saw them. In, you know, overall, uh, I love Mitchell Robinson. Like, that guy is, uh, you know, he's something. I I don't know whether that's a starter or just, like, an elite backup center. But uh, I think his final line last night was 16, 13, and four blocks. And, uh, you know, Montrez Harrell, who has made a habit this season of just going at bigger guys, getting them in foul trouble, dunking on them, pushing them around, like, he went I think Mitchell had three of his four blocks on Trez and he was making Trez look like a you know a JV guy going against the varsity guy. Like it was just crazy. I uh, haven't really seen someone just kind of dominate Trez like that defensively. So I love Mitchell Robinson. I, I think he's something I, I don't know what yet, but uh, you know, he he's athletic, he's long, he's big, uh, I think he has a, a good nose for for diving and kind of finding his way in, in, into openings in the defense. And then defensively, you can't bring the ball around him. Otherwise, he's going to block it. So uh, I'm, I'm a big Mitchell Robinson fan. And I agree with everything you said. You're spot on. And the
0: best part about it is that you are making more for this podcast than Mitchell Robinson made <laughs> for the game yesterday. He is on this second-round four-year deal that is only going to take up 2% of their cap space for the next you know few seasons moving forward, which – as you know, is everything in the NBA and what the Clippers have done such a good job at is getting value from those types of deals for themselves? You know, I think of uh, Zubats, of course, and and and, and it's just that's sort of the secret sauce of the NBA. Is you just can't pay the wrong guys, and the Knicks for the first time, I don't really think in my lifetime since I started shaving have not had anyone that is just has dead money. Like, they're out from Joe Noah, They're out from uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. Like, they're just, they're really in this spot where they have guys like Mitchell Robinson, as you mentioned, only, and young guys and raw guys. And will they be a part of their plans moving forward? Who knows? But there's definitely value there because of the kind of low-cost and, and low-risk deals that they're all on.
1: So the conversation I wanted to get into with you was, is- about you know 2009 off season free agency, uh, I think it's interesting that you know the Clippers are the team I cover. Knicks are you're obviously uh, you know a big fan of. Those are the two teams with the most projected cap space this summer. So the the Knicks can create about 70 plus million depending on what they do with certain guys. Clippers can get to around 50 plus million uh, depending on who they keep. they could get into that 70 million range for two max guys if they salary dump Danilo Gallinari. Which is a possibility for them. So these are really, I think, the two big players of free agency coming up. Really, the two probably only two teams that could maybe get two star, you know, two superstars. Yet these are also, you know, you just said the Knicks might be the worst franchise in sports or in the conversation. The Clippers were the worst franchise in sports really until like 2009. Uh, so both of these teams don't really have great recent histories i mean the clippers i guess better the last you know decade or so but really looking at the clippers franchise history you know the no retired jerseys and no championships and you know we all know about that and the knicks recently the last 20 years or so uh you know i think only one playoff series win so who you know if you are in you know you're advising the clippers you're advising the knicks uh kind of what's your pitch for each of them and and who do you think has the better pitch
0: well, as far as the Clippers go, the culture change really happened. Not so much with some of the winning of Quentin Richardson and those guys. Shout out to the Knucklehead podcast, by the way. But, but it's really the, 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 the Sterling era. and Sterling and the way in which he left. Now that we've had a few years since that time in L.A., you're starting to see podcasts or, you know, anniversaries or conversations come up around that time. and some distance around it. And you realize, wow, that really did... Change the Clipper brand, the Clipper identity around the LA around LA. A lot of things were heading in that direction before Sterling, with DeAndre and Blake and Chris Paul, and, and but but to see the Sterling thing shake out the way it did, really kind of just, I, I to me at least as a fan, sort of ended that idea of oh the Clippers are a joke, the Clippers are dysfunctional. Like now you got a top. Uh, basketball guy in Doc, and a top business guy in Balmer, and, and uh, a fun vibe at the games, and uh, uh, some winning, and it's just a cool, it's just a cool thing. So there's a great, there's a great opportunity there to really kind of take that over the top, and really kind of, all right, now that we've gotten out of the Der- Donald Sterling dark ages, let's actually win something, and you can be a part of that. And for the Knicks, it's like, look, Wade Boggs was a Boston Red Sox third baseman forever, right? We all know about the Red Sox Yankees thing. He came to New York and he rode a horse around Yankee Stadium. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you come to New York, you will ride a horse around the garden. Like, you, whoever comes and saves the day, because there has been 44-plus years, and they have the most losses since 2000, and they did trade a first-round pick for Andrea Varniani. Like, so many things that you will forever be immortalized in, you know, the center of the universe, New York. While L.A. is the basketball center of the universe, New York, it's, it is the Mecca. You know, so – city's game, there's there's a love of the, of, of the game that exists that's deep and cultural and, and has, goes way beyond the long-suffering Knicks, you know? Uh, we don't have access to beautiful, sober-off field in downtown LA. We don't have access to fields and parks and land and, you know, so the city has basketball courts everywhere. And, and if Kyrie comes home or if, you know, uh, if one of these other big stars decides to come, they're going to be embraced and they got to win and they're going to be quickly booed and and shown the door if, if they come and it's, you know, 43 wins in the seventh seed. And part of me, dude, honestly, as exciting as it is, all the cap space you're talking about for both these teams, I really like what's percolating when they're doing it organically. You know, the Knicks have such a young team with Kevin Knox and Mitchell Robinson. and You know, I think the ship has sailed, unfortunately, on Frank. But if they get Zion, Knox, and Robinson, and Dennis Smith, that's like a nice little young core you're building with. And to try to cut the line and – then start having free agents show up who are ring chasing, and I don't know, man. You see, you see how it, a year ago to this day, I was on with John Ireland talking about the Lakers, and if the path to the championship, if you really want to go down that path, with LeBron James is not the answer. You'll be interesting, you'll be on the cover of every magazine and talked about. It's really win. What you gonna do? What the Warriors have done? The Warriors pretty much built it, and then were able to retool, revamp once the foundation was set. Knicks don't have that foundation yet. The Clippers are getting there.
1: Yeah, that, that, that's a great point. Uh, I, I think, I actually think, you know, the, the Knicks probably would be maybe better off uh, just building organically because I think you've seen that in the last 15, 20 years, them going for the, the Steve Francis, the Eddie Curry, the, uh, sorry. To- <laughs> sorry to bring up those names, but you know, like they, they were, Steve, they were looking for Steve Curry.
0: Uh, are you kidding? There's a million more to. Jerome James. They cut a big check too. You want to go down that road? You know, Mari Stoddard, sure. they cut a big check. And, and I told you, yeah. McDice, they made a big
1: e- even the, him. even the mellow trade was, was probably a situation where they could have just signed him that summer. And, you know, for various reasons ended up making the, the deal earlier, but, uh, uh, no, I, I think you've not, uh, it's too early, dude. It's too early. <laughs> you, but you have a good point because I, I think both teams are in good situations where even if the cap space doesn't work out, like you mentioned the, the Clippers kind of young foundation now that they have Shea Gilders Alexander, who they just drafted. Uh, they traded for Landry Shamit, says uh, they, they still have Gallo and Lou and Trez. Like this team, if they stand pat and, and just kind of roll it back, We'll probably still be in this mix again next season as far as a low seed playoff team, you know, seven, eight seed. Uh, but let's be honest, dude, that's kind of NBA purgatory. Yeah, it's no. like the worst. But I, I think with the Clippers, though, what they're doing is all their contracts are on, you know, one to two year deals. So it's like they have a bunch of young talent and then we have all these veterans that are expiring. So I think really the plan for them, if they strike out, would be to run it back in, in 2020 and try to get someone. Uh, they also have a bunch of trade assets now. They got that 2021 Miami pick, the 2020 uh, Philly pick. So I think the Clippers are approaching it also in, in terms of looking at who's the next star that's going to be available on the f- trade market. It might be Anthony Davis. It could be someone else. Uh, but but I, what I think is interesting with both of these teams is nowadays, like everything is about legacy. And th- there's always that conversation prematurely. E- even now, people are talking about Zion and, Uh, You know, is he going to be as good as LeBron and, you know, making all these historical comparisons? But I I think if if you're the Knicks or the Clippers, you can make that legacy pitch that other franchises like the Lakers or the Celtics or whoever else can't really make. Because like you said, if you come to New York and you want a title, it's going to be the Knicks first title in 46 years. And I think if you you win a title in New York, you're the king of New York. Uh, you, You know, you're maybe the king of sports. And I think that's a really big deal. And that's enticing if you're Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving or, or you know, whichever other star they could get. For the Clippers, like, co- come win a title for the worst organization, you know, maybe ever until a few years ago. Uh, you know, and, and the Clippers have no history or legacy. Like, you know, the Knicks have the, the 70s and the 80s and the 90s. And, you know, it's Madison Square Garden and, and the Mecca and stuff. Like, the Clippers don't have any of that. The Clippers' best stuff is, is Rob City. And besides that, like... And a lot of May games. yeah, like, a, lot of
0: Saturday, the, a lot of Saturdays. The, the, the well Buffalo
1: through. Braves. Like, yeah, you know, Bob McEnany, like that, There's no there's no history with the Clippers. So I think that's a really appealing thing, especially looking at someone like Kevin Durant. Like, to me, if I was Kevin Durant, I would probably just stay in Golden State. But if I'm looking elsewhere and I'm probably going to leave, like, I think it has to be the Knicks or the Clippers just because... You know, obviously this whole Golden State thing has kind of bothered him with him feeling like he hasn't been getting the the proper credit for his titles. But go win a title with the Knicks. Go win a title with the Clippers. I think that's almost like your LeBron Cleveland type title where it really solidifies your legacy. Uh, and, And that's why I think Kevin Durant probably will be on one of these two teams next season. If I had to guess, I would say the Knicks. But what, what do you think of the whole legacy talk and, and kind of how either one of these franchises can really change a player's legacy?
0: That's a, that's a great point, man. I think there's only a handful of the guys and it's the top guys who are playing from true, true legacy in the large conversation, right? I don't think we're you're hearing in barbershops and delis around the world. People are arguing Bradley Beal's <laughs> legacy, right? Yeah. But. Um, I think that uh, it comes down to the individual. You know, both of those pitches you're making, they sound really broad. And each guy plays for different things. You know, Kemba Walker might be playing for something different than Kawhi Leonard, who's won a championship. And maybe Kawhi's fueled by trying to win five championships and not becoming a brand and making Space Jam 2. But maybe Jimmy Butler wants to wear a Karate Kid headbands and drink wine with Melo in France. Every guy is different, and that's what makes sports so amazing is the collection of personalities coming together, right? So while an opportunity for Kevin Durant in New York might be a challenge for him and he's motivated by what's the next challenge? What's the next challenge? What do I have to conquer next? Or how do I get the respect of everyone if they're not going to give you respect for winning titles? It's, who knows what motivates it? each individual? It really comes down to that. And that's what gets back to my point, dude, of like don't pay the wrong guy can't go all in Joe Kim Noah for for 72 million for four years can't go all in you know Amari Sotomayor 100 million four years it's not like they didn't get a, D-Wade and LeBron that summer so they just gave Amari all that money and then he started wearing iced out menorahs so it's just like it got insane you know and I, and I think that's the thing too for both of these cities is like you got to get a guy here who kind of fits the mold I mean there's conversations with LeBron that he's too distracted out here, and you see the results with, with the, the Lakers. You know, you lose to the Pelicans, but tune into the shop this weekend, and it's like you got you know, there's a lot going on out here. There's a lot going on in New York, and you heard Jr. when he got traded to the Cavs was like, "Oh my God, this place is great. They just have practice and video games. I have nothing else to do." Like, you got to have the right guy, the right situation, the right motivation, the right time in their career. It's a very, like, customized experience. And I think we kind of just, like, blanket it sometimes. Not to say you're doing that, but just us in general as fans being like, well, if they don't get KD, then they'll get Kemba. And if they don't get – then they'll just go down the list. And It doesn't really work that way. At least I hope it doesn't. Otherwise, you get Joe Johnson. Well,
1: I think Jimmy's that guy this summer. Jimmy's the one guy where – Talent wise, he's in that top ten, top twelve, top fifteen conversation. But uh, you know, with- where is he? Jimmy Butler?
0: Jimmy Butler's top twelve player in the NBA. I, I you know? think.
1: I think at his peak, when he's engaged, he still can get to that level. I just don't. The thing that scares me is it's looking. Like, he might be the fourth best player on his team. Well, well, that and I just think he he's about to flame out in his third situation and. You know, I, I was talking to to someone, uh, you know, an, an MBA uh, for an office person. I was just telling them, like, if I'm a if I'm in a front office and I'm evaluating Jimmy Butler, like, how how can you feel comfortable signing this guy just because? You know, like, at what point do you just factor in like this guy is a pro You know, I don't know if "problem" is the right word, but but there, there's been you know there's been drama now in three straight situations: Chicago, Minnesota, Philly. He's been linked. At the center of all of it, whether it's his fault or not, there, there are some locker room issues, you know, when you bring him around, uh, and, and maybe guys just aren't used to his style of leadership. I, I don't know what it is, but I would be concerned with that. And then you have the Thibodeau, you know, Miles and you, you saw how guys like dang and Joe Noah aged uh, once they hit that 2930 mark. Jimmy's right there. He's 29. So. I would be afraid to sign him to a long term deal. Maybe if you get him on two or three years, I'd be interested. But you know, I'm. I'm I think for, for both teams, either way, if you end up with Jimmy as your best guy, uh, I think that that's probably not good for your long term future. So what? No, no, Jimmy.
0: Jimmy's not going to be the best player on a championship team. But man, that's a dude I do want in my locker room. That's a dude I do want on my team because when he's bought in, it takes that level of toughness and a little, a little. You know what I mean? To to really. The NBA historically has always had those dudes who are just like, you just want them in the trenches on your team. And him in New York would just be amazing if you also brought along, you know, somebody else or or, or developed a design. If Knox took that next step, look, when we were kids, man, the NBA, like May and June was for grownups for the most part. Right. It still is to an extent. It's for vets and old heads and. Bison Daly, rest in peace, versus Antoine Carr and Mike Miller and just, you know, made guys, right? Now, Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, there's a lot of young dudes out there really, really hooping and contributing in a big way in the springtime. So, now it's fair to say to Brandon Ingram and Kevin Knox, like, all right, year, hey, Porzingis, you played one game in the month of April in four years. What about the months of May and June, dude? Let's go. So, you know, guys are on the clock much sooner now.
1: No, I, I agree with that. And, and I think that that, uh, you know, it's been a big thing in, in Clipperland. Is it better to make them miss the playoffs? And I think if you're saying, you know, it's looking like they're going to make the playoffs now with the, the Lakers kind of collapsing. Yes.
0: Thank God. Let's just, let's get into that. Can we just do that? Listen, you go to a Clipper game. It's like a nightclub with the lights turned on. They're giving out free food. It's not the street hot dogs, but it's me in a hot dog suit, shooting them out of a cannon. And the clip, the Clipper, the, Clipper, the, the Laker game—it's like you know going to the Capitol when they're telling you that District Twelve is fine and everyone has food, but everyone there knows that mm, actually we, they don't. You know, it's, it's it's pretty terrible.
1: Well, and and they they play tonight, so that's a it's a nice plug for for tonight's game. Uh, but who's home? Who's the home the team? Lakers are home. So ah oh,
0: man, no hot dogs. No hot. You're not going to give out tacos. The Clippers are going to win by ten. They're going to score one hundred and ten points. No, come on, man, this is terrible.
1: But I I think to, to your point of the young guy experience, like it would be big for the Clippers young guys to get some playoff experience, and I think that that's another thing you can pitch to guys uh, because I think the the thing with both of these teams is they're obviously going big game hunting, like you said. I don't think and you know I don't think the Clipper uh, you're the, the Knicks cleared out that cap space to get Jimmy Butler and Kemba Walker. Like they're going for Katie and Kyrie, you know y and, and Kyrie, like. Who, Kyrie and someone, you know, trade for AD, whatever. Uh, I, I think the, the Clippers are the same way. They're like they're not, they're not trying to get Kemba Walker and, and Nikola Vucevic. They're trying to get KD and Kawhi. They're trying to get, you know, Kawhi and, and Jimmy, whatever. Uh, so, if let's let's say under this scenario, one of the, you know, both teams get their guy. So I think for the the Knicks, it's probably KD. For the Clippers, it's probably Kawhi. Which one of these two teams do you think is more likely to get the second guy?
0: That's a great question. I mean, I would say the Knicks just because, um, you know, KD seems more engaged with other guys around the league the way Kawhi does. You know, I, I know Kawhi's played in some All-Star games and stuff, and, but he hasn't had the Team USA experience KD has. He doesn't – New York – I don't know. I I could see, especially if they get the Zion of it all. I just want the Zion experience. I don't care. I don't care who else comes. You can give me you give me Zion and Arash Markazi and I'm like, let's 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 go, dude. Like I just want that the whole time in NBA history, you know? Um so yeah, I think just Katie's Katie's a little more connected in the Nike connection of it all, and, and I just think he's more plugged in than Kawhi.
1: So if I told you you could have Katie and the number four pick for Jimmy and Zion. You can go Jimmy and Zion. Yo, I real talk. I think I would
0: right now, as much as I would love K D at 31, come to the garden and, try to take on that title, because I, what I would hate for him to happen, selfishly as a Nick fan, but just also as a KD fan, he comes to New York and can't get it done, or they make the playoffs, and he gets hurt, or they lose, or just sucks, or just something like, kind of what happened to Mello, you know, and it, it tarnished Mello's legacy, Mello's unfortunately turned into a punchline when he's one of the great, great players of his generation, and should get the whole D-Wade last dance thing, too, you know, but I digress. Um, the, uh, the yeah, I, I don't know, man. The Zion experience feels really cool. And especially, it feels like the next evolution of hype around a star. You know what I mean? With social media. Like LeBron, when he came in, there was no social. This is the first guy in the social age that is like, you know what I mean? I remember discovering him on Instagram like three years ago. Where my buddy Timmy like tagged me, at t- Tim Kid. You know what I mean? Tag me and all his dunks and stuff. So it's like that. This is the first guy to pop off that. It'd be fun to experience
1: that. No, he he's the first guy that really has that built in. There have been guys who've had hype. Like I, I thought Anthony Davis had a lot of hype coming out. Nah, but uh, he didn't cross over like this. This two right no, now. That's put, like you know Anthony Davis, Ben Simmons. There's been you know even Wiggins was kind of a YouTube uh you know mixtape. Legend, so to speak, but Zion is really the first guy who, who's coming in with a. I mean, I think he's a he's a marketer's dream. Like he, he's just he, he's got that. I think even the name, like the, the the name Zion, is an amazing name. It's very marketable. It, it it's sounds unique. like Zeus. He's uh, yeah, know, he's not, it's a godlike figure. Like he, we knew he, we knew Andrew Wiggins was a wash when he wore that
0: blazer on draft
1: night. You're like, oh
0: no, <laughs> you're mad uncomfortable in your own skin. That's not a sign of success. <laughs>
1: But to get back to the question, I, I do agree with you, actually. I, I think the Knicks are more likely to get the second guy just because I, I think the the Knicks situation is probably more one where once one guy takes the plunge, someone else is probably going to follow. It's just more of like, I, in my opinion, I, I think the Clippers are more likely to get a star. But if the Knicks get a star, they're probably getting two stars uh, just because I think once one guy's like, I'm committing to New York, I'm, I'm going all in. I'm ready to be a Nick. I'm going to embrace it. Let's turn around this franchise. Like someone's probably going to come and and find that appealing. Whereas the Clippers, I could see them if if they. I really think they're they're going for the the top of the top. So if you know if they can only get Kawhi or they can only get KD or whoever, like if they can't get the other one or or Kyrie or, or Jimmy, I could see them kind of standing pat and being like, all right, we're going to stick with this. Just bring one guy in you know, sign some smart deals, maybe try to make a trade and, and roll like that. So I do think, uh, you know, the, the Knicks are in a really good spot. Uh, so are the Clippers. And it's going to be interesting to see how the offseason plays out. As so, long, As that, long as
0: the Clippers keep giving out free hot dogs, as long as they keep Johnny Welch on the bench, Johnny workout out developing players, the Clippers and I hope a lot of Clipper fans listening to this know John Welch and his work and who he is and his background and, how much he means to the team. You've had experiences now with him, but it's like, those are the things that round out organizations. And so when you're sitting with players, it's like, okay, well, when we make draft picks, who's developing them? Well, this guy is John Welch. And you're like, oh, okay, that's cool. You know what I mean? So I think that's the stuff like underneath the hood that NBA fans need to know more about to get an understanding of oh why does this medical staff always have guys hurt or why does it you know it's really interesting so he shouts to johnny well she does a great job johnny workout
1: a hundred percent if you're in the locker room pregame you'll see him going over film with the young guys you go to practice you see him working with them one-on-one and different stuff like he's he's always with the young guys so you know the, the clipper's uh, young core that's been developing all season. You gotta give him a lot of credit for that. Uh, last question. I want to close it with this. Uh, looking three years down the line, five years down the line, who has the brighter future between the Knicks and the Clippers? Uh, and, you know, or maybe are, are they similar? You know, are they going to be meeting in the, the 2021 finals, the 2023 oh, finals? From,
0: from your lips to God's ears, and they can have a Cole Aldrich tribute video and a Pablo Frigioni tribute video. Um, and a lot of, kind of Mark Jackson and Charles Smith and Doc Rivers, and a lot of Clippers and Knicks over the years. Um, uh, and listen, man, I, it's, I'm a Knicks fan. There's there's no hope. There's no hope. Our only hope was the, the, the unicorn, the last Jedi. He was the chosen one, and they sent him off uh, on a rookie deal after being an all-star. So, you know, just – I cannot really get myself to a place to ever think there will be greatness ahead of Nick – like, for Nick's experience. Like, I can't mentally and emotionally convince myself of that dude, real talk, because it's been so much just false hope. And I'm like, even this Zion experiment, like, you know – the shoe exploding could just be the beginning of it. You know what I mean? If he becomes a Nick, who knows? So it's like, uh, as far as LA, it's 70 and sunny. You play golf in January and Bomber's the man. So I think the Clippers are going to figure this thing out one way or another. Um, So uh, the Nick fan in me has to say the Clippers are going to figure this out before the Knicks will. I
1: I would agree with you Uh, for, for a lot of the reasons you laid out, like, I think a lot of it's going to depend on how the draft goes for the Knicks. If they get Zion, I, I think even if they don't get a star, uh, they're going to be in a great position. And you know, it's rare for rookies to really impact the game. Uh, you know, I, I don't know.
0: Then when you start seeing Zion showing up in capri pants in year two and fedoras and eating fusion food at Tao at 11 o'clock, then you know what I mean? Then you're like, oh no, we lost another one.
1: <laughs> yeah. And he, and, you know, he, he's someone that it's going to be, I mean, I'm the, the thing I'm most fascinated with him is, is going to be the weight because I, I wonder if he has to slim down at all or if not, you know, maybe, maybe not, you know, maybe he, you know, he, he looks like clearly a genetic freak to, to some extent, you know, physically where he can Let's
0: get him on that, that breathwork. Let's get him on that that chief seat. You know what I mean? Get him over to the Lions household that guy won't have any – that guy will have no milk from, from a nipple. It will be all nuts and, and macadamia and all types of healthy stuff. We'll get him leaned out real quick.
1: I'm really into coconut milk right now, so that's been right.
0: I feel you. I feel you. It's, are you on that oat milk wave or no?
1: I've, I've, I've dabbled in oat milk. Uh, Yo, I like at, it.
0: At Air True. One, they have camel milk, but that shit's way too expensive. And again, from a nipple, so we can't do it.
1: So, oh, have you ever had a oat like oat milk with uh, matcha, like a matcha tea latte, but with oat milk? It's amazing.
0: Yeah, I mean, have I ever had an oat milk
1: matcha tea latte? Come on,
0: who are you talking know. to over here? What, who am I married? What are you? What are you talking about? This that stuff is. we that's 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 what we're like, you know, popping bottles of when we go out on a Friday night these days.
1: <laughs> but. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Ultimately, uh, I think the Clippers are really in a good situation. Uh, they've built multiple paths to getting a star. I, I think, I think they're going to be in the Anthony Davis mix. I think the Knicks will be too. But uh, I think the Clippers will be in the Anthony Davis mix this summer. I think people are kind of sleeping on that. Uh, I, I, you know, the Lakers are probably the favorite if, if the Celtics aren't willing to put in Jason Tatum. But uh, you know, put the Lakers and Celtics up there, but. I think the Clippers have a lot to offer. I think they could probably actually offer a better package than the Lakers can. And if they don't get Anthony Davis and they don't get someone this summer, uh, I think the next star that comes on the market, really the last four stars to demand trades have all put the Clippers as one of their destinations, which they were the only team on all four guys. You know, Jimmy Butler, Kawhi Leonard, uh, Christoph Porzingis, Anthony Davis, all with the Clippers. So I think whoever's the next star to come available, uh, they'll be in the mix, and and maybe they'll.
0: Yeah, man, LA is it right now? It's the center of the universe. Bomber gets it. Bomber's a winner. He knows that in order for the Clippers to survive in Los Angeles, they have to win. The Rams are popping. LAFC popping. The Sparks are popping. The Dodgers are going to the World Series. I mean, it is the it is a, a golden era of LA sports. History will show, regardless of the outcomes of the team. But just the media, the business, the fashion, the culture, all of it, the tech, the development, the real estate, the investment. It's all happening right now here in Los Angeles, Southern California, the pipeline in San Francisco, Silicon Beach, like there's so much going on here right now. Bomber's at the center of all of it, and from real estate deals on a new stadium to tech with his Microsoft stuff to the sports culture and the climate and sports media. So yeah, he can't he can't not win. In order for them to stay here and compete so yeah somebody's gonna come someday for sure
1: and down the road the new arena which will you know it's looking like that's gonna happen in 2024 so uh, i think the-
0: they should build it on catalina and make everyone just
1: like <laughs> it it's super swaggy that, that would be sick that would like that would be and he could he could afford it if anyone yeah, you know, that's a good it's like take
0: submarines, take personal submarines, party buses underwater. I don't know. He's like, he goes sit on like some conference with Balmer and, and, and all these guys and Peter Gruber, and they're like, let's build a stadium with no parking lots. Everyone's gonna scooter to the games, and every seat will be in VR. Every seat will be courtside. And you're like, what are you talking? Have
1: about? you been you there? The yeah, I guess pretty much. the season, that uh, technology, the what's that? Uh, court vision. Oh, the.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, it's yeah, incredible. That I think though, so. it's incredible, and it's just in it's you can see. And I just did this, this like VR stuff with Intel for the All Star Game, which was killer. And it's like, I don't the fan experience. Palmer gets it, and the Lakers are still like, hey everyone, look, there's Diane Cannon. Shout out to Diane Cannon. But you
1: know, they get they get Denzel every once in a while.
0: Yeah, it's but just no, like, it's like it's just washed, dude. All Laker girl.
1: Even in the co- like, you know, not to get too far into it, but even in the comments on Twitter now, I'm, I'm seeing, you know, people bashing the Lakers, and then a Laker fan will respond with, "Well, how many titles does your franchise have? Or you know, sixteen rings, whatever." It's like
0: you can't bring that Live up. Living in forever. the past. Living in the past. uh but- I mean, you, can, yeah. you can, you can, you I can. Mean, that's, that's all you can bring up. So hold on. And still enjoy that. But anytime I say like, hey, I think the Lakers might lose tonight. Have a hunch. And people are like, you're a Laker hater. The Knicks ever won in 30 years. And you're like, okay, you're still going to lose tonight. But just have a, you know, hold on to that. So it's really, it's really interesting to see his fan base totally, totally implode. Makes me very happy.
1: <laughs> well, Ben, thank you for coming on episode two of the Clip City podcast. Uh, where can listeners find you on Instagram and Twitter?
0: Well, as a Nick fan, my summer vacation starts in a few weeks. So yeah, I'll be on the golf course, but, uh, the lion's den podcast. Got to have you come by the podcast one studios when the clipper season's over. And, uh, you can talk about life in 2019, sitting on bankettes in, in Hollywood because those days are done for me. So, uh, yeah, come to the lion's den podcast on, on, on Apple Pod. Awesome, man.
1: Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Appreciate you, man. Keep up the good work.
0: And uh, I love seeing your stuff on the athletic. You've done an awesome job with the Clippers this year, dude. It's been such an interesting year because no one had expectations for them. They're in the playoff hunt. Every game is intense. This dude, Montrez Harrell's sneaker game is top five in the league. And you're at the center of all of it. So just keep up the good
1: work. I appreciate that, man. Thank you. Later, man. Thanks, dude. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you once again to Ben for being the second guest on the Clip City podcast. I promise I don't only interview people named Ben, but if you'd like to follow him on Twitter and Instagram, his handle is at I am Ben Lyons. That's at I am Ben, L-Y-O-N-S. If you have any feedback for me, you could reach out to me and follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Jovan Buha. That's at J-O-V-A-N-B-U-H-A. If you'd like to read my work, please check out and subscribe to The Athletic can start off with a one week free trial see if you like it and then decide if you want to keep subscribing for the price of a cup of coffee and most importantly please be sure to subscribe rate and review the clip city podcast on blue wire check us out on apple podcasts spotify and anywhere else you consume your podcasts five-star reviews would be much appreciated and i will talk to you next tuesday
0: For the ones who know that a little late is always too late. And that the clock doesn't stop just because you're missing a part. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry. And our KeepStock inventory management solutions help ensure you have the right stuff in the right place at exactly the right time. Visit Granger.com KeepStock
1: to learn more. Granger, For the ones who get it done.